Welcome to the Hardwick Evangelical Church Weekly Podcast. So we're looking at, um, in, in our current series, we're looking at uh, uh, God. So we've looked at who God is. We've looked at the Trinity last week. We're looking at Jesus. Uh, we're going to be looking at um, uh, his next, next week, his, his death, and the week after his resurrection. And then we're going to move on to talking about the Holy Spirit. So we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to cover the Trinity. <laughs> if that's even possible. So today we're looking at Jesus and his two natures. He was God and he was human. And, you know, in Jesus' time, people were, they knew, they knew Jesus was human because they, they lived with him, they worked with him, they saw him every day, they saw him when he was tired and hungry and um, hadn't had a wash and, you know, all of those things. They knew he was human, but they um, came to a realisation, some of them, that he was God. But that was their journey. They, they got the human bit but they went on a journey to understand him as God. And for some people, that's still the same today. But I think often in the church, we, we know that Jesus is God, and we, so we, and we don't realise that he was also human. And so we think, well, of course he could do miracles. Of course he, could, uh, he knew what people were thinking. Of course, of course, because he was God. And what we don't realise, actually, when he became human when he became a man when he was born wasn't a man then was he was a baby but he um if you like he he let go of all of that he let go of what was what was um he was able to do as god and he depended on the holy spirit and that's a great comfort to us as we are human depending on the holy spirit that that is also what Jesus had to do as a person. And we'll look at that in a bit. Um, so um, it sometimes trips Christians up. You know, when, when Jesus says, uh, I think it's the beginning of Acts, the, um, the disciples say, and are you um, well, asking about when he's coming again or something? And he says, oh, I, I don't know that. Only the Father knows that. And Christians sometimes go, hang on a minute, Jesus didn't know something, but I thought he was God. And um, we have to kind of grapple with things like that. But actually, there are things that Jesus let go of in order to be fully human. Doesn't mean he wasn't God, still fully God, but he let go of some of those abilities and and things that, um, yeah, that uh, allowed him then to be fully human. All right. So we're going to look at some passages and verses about in the Bible that deal with this. Um, one of the reasons I've gave the notes out is, as you'll see later on, I'm going to be sort of jumping about a bit in the Bible, and I thought you might want those. Um, yeah, if you do ever look at the sermon notes later or listen to the sermon again, you might want to look at these. So the first thing we're going to look at uh, what other people said about Jesus, and then we'll look about what he said about himself. Right. So one of the the I think that often we don't. Um, we don't think about this because we, you know, we read the Old Testament, we read the New Testament, and and that's and that's fine. And sometimes we forget that actually, we forget to link them. <laughs> um, and um, in Genesis, Genesis, the first verse of the Bible says, "In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But in the beginning, God." And um, 
you know, for, for, for Jews, and particularly Jewish boys, school was to learn the Bible and to debate it, discuss it, and know what rabbis thought about this and thought about that. They knew their Bibles. Um, and so when John comes to write his gospel, he starts with, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word is often his title for Jesus. And so John was making this huge, big statement at the beginning of his gospel. He was convinced that Jesus was God. And in fact, um, I didn't write the reference down, but somewhere in, in this gospel, he says, I'm writing this, these things down so that you'll be convinced as well. Because he had become convinced that Jesus was God. In the beginning was the word. And just in case we haven't got that, we haven't understood that in the beginning God and in the beginning the word, that means they're the same thing. He says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if you didn't get it in the first phrase, hopefully you've got it by the end of the sentence. Um, he was making this huge claim. And then, if we go down to verse 14 in 1 John, he says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He's made this huge statement, Jesus is God and God in Christ became human. Uh, he is linking those two things. He was fully convinced that Jesus was God and Jesus was human. Philippians, the letter to the Philippians comes a bit later in the New Testament. Um, Paul here, I think, is quoting um, either a hymn or, or perhaps a creed that was said in the early church. Philippians 2, talking about Christ Jesus, verse 6. Christ Jesus, who in very nature, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Come to the next bit in a minute. It's very interesting, this, and I think we lose some of what it means in, uh, in English. Um, I'm going to talk about the nature in a minute, but in verse 6, he didn't equ consider equality with God something to be. You may have read it as grasped. That's what it may say in your, in your Bibles. That's, um, the NIV has decided to translate it as... He didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. And, um, but grasped is, is a much more known <laughs> translation of that. And it's very interesting, isn't it? I, I think the NIV's changed it because I think in our culture, grasp is where you're reaching out for something that isn't yours. You know, you're trying to, trying to get to it, trying to grasp it and hold on to it tight. Whereas the Greek word there means that it, it's something he didn't hold on to it. In other words, it was his, but he didn't hold on to it. 
He could have. He could have held on to equality with God, but he chose to let it go in order to be fully human. He made himself nothing. Again, some, um, some translations say he, he emptied himself, and that led to a huge heresy at one point when, when people said that he emptied himself of godness, whatever. <laughs> you know, he emptied himself like he was no longer God. He was, fully, he was now human. But it doesn't mean that. It, it also means, it kind of means he deprived himself of those things. He deprived himself of equality with God. He made himself nothing. He let go of these things that were rightly his, um, that were part of who he was, is. <laughs> um, but he deprived himself of being able to, if you like, use those things, um, those characteristics, that, that power of God as a human being. He could have done. He could have got off the cross, you know, but he didn't. <laughs> um, he let go of them. It's not that he stopped being God, but he let go of the abilities and privileges that are that come with being God. And his nature means his character, his form, his outward appearance, his 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 nature. Being in nature, God. His nature was he was God. Um, being in nature, God. He took on the nature of being human. It's another way of saying he was God and he was human. And that kind of blows my mind. It's not that he was 50% God and 50% human. He was 100% God and 100% human all at the same time. And uh, that, uh, you know, plays with my maths. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't work, does it? But it does. He was fully both of those things. Therefore, so then he, he humbled himself. Uh, yeah, now the other thing here, he took the very nature of a slave. The NIV says servant, but it's the nature of a slave. Um, and, and, yeah, a slave to the things that we are slaves to. Death, sickness. Um, and the only thing that he refused to become a slave to in that was sin. He was not a slave to sin. But he took the nature of a slave. Therefore, God, and he humbled himself to death. Um, so he took the ultimate, um, if you like, mark of humanity. He died. And, which was, you know, we know it's all going to happen. We all know it's going to happen one day. Um, but he did that. His identification was so great. He um, he died. It's not that he was kind of God and he kind of put on a, he wrapped himself up in humanity, but inside he was, you know, still um, able to do all those things. He put that aside so that he could fully take on who we are and uh, humanity. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's quite interesting. I, I, I can't substantiate this at all, but, um, well, this bit I can substantiate. <laughs> in, the, in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, 
Right? So the Old Testament is translated into Greek, and the word um, God's name, Yahweh, is translated in our Old Testaments and in the Greek as the word Lord. If you read your Old Testament and you come across Lord in um, capital, capital letters, that in, in, in the Hebrew it would have been Yahweh, it would have been his name. And I'm just wondering whether um, actually uh, John was having a play on words there. Jesus is Lord. Not just what we think of as Lord, Lord, Master, the one we obey, the one that we worship, all of those things, but actually that he's, is he saying, actually, um, Jesus is Yahweh, making that connection. And not John, Paul here. My head's still in John 1. <laughs> so we've got other people who said these things about him, that he was God, that he was human. But what does Jesus say about himself? And he often refers to himself as the son of man. Over 90 times in the New Testament, um, he calls himself the son of man. Um, just an ordinary human being. That's what son of man meant. It meant you were human. He was a person. So he identifies that he is human loads and loads and loads and loads of times. But sometimes people think that Jesus never claimed to be God. Um, but let's, let's look at some verses here that um, uh, suggest that he did. In John 6, <clears throat> he says, I have come down from heaven. Pretty clear, isn't it? I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent him. So he claims that he had come down from heaven. In Mark, sorry that these jump about a bit, but I'm, I'm trying to give a sense to the order rather than just go through uh, references. Um, yeah, the important thing perhaps about that, he came down from heaven. He's, he's not a man who somehow attained divinity. He didn't start off as a man and become God. Um, but he was God who then humbled himself to be human and uh, to come, as I put on the notes, on a rescue mission to seek and to save uh, other human beings. Mark 10, verses 17 to 18. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Now, for many years, I, I used to believe that that meant that Jesus, what Jesus was doing there was that he was denying he was God. He said, but, but you know, don't call, don't call me good. Only God is good. Right. But um, as I read it more and studied it more, I, I, and looking at the way Jesus, if you were at the evangelism course, you'll know, know this the other day, Jesus often answers questions with questions, doesn't he? Um, I think that he is making this person, this man, think about what he's saying. Hang on a minute, you've called me good. Why are you calling me good? What is it that's triggered in you? 
that you call me good when actually God is the only one who's good. Think about it. <laughs> I think that's what he was doing there. Uh, back to John. Jesus asked them, can, you prove, can any of you prove me guilty of sin? Um, I think he's making a statement there <coughs> that he hasn't sinned. Um, no, one, no one can say that he has sinned. Later on in that chapter, uh, 56, he says to... Um, uh, the, the Jews there, your father, because they've just um, claimed that you know they, they are Abraham's children, so we're in a discourse about that. He says, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. And they said, you're not yet 50 years old, and you've seen Abraham. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, before Abraham was, I am. At this, they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus hid himself, slipping away from the temple grounds. It's often useful to, to read what the crowd's reaction is, because sometimes we don't quite get it. Um, here, they're going to stone him because, he's, in their minds, he's blasphemed. He has claimed that he is God, and that's what they're so angry about. When he says, before Abraham was born, I am... That's God's name. And again, he's playing on words. I, <laughs> I am. I am God. I am Yahweh. And uh, the people at the time recognised that and, and wanted to stone him because he was uh, blaspheming in their minds. So he is claiming to be God. And in, verse, uh, in chapter 10, again, uh, they trying to stone him. And he says... Um, I've shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these... Oh, no, hang on a minute. Now, let's go. 30, verse 30. Yeah. Um, for which of me, these do you stone me? That's right. And they say, we're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, <coughs> claim to be God. They recognised that Jesus was claiming to be God. They knew he was human, but he was saying that he was God. And then he goes on to say, Why do you accuse me of blasphemy? Because I said, I'm God's son. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. They recognised what he was saying. He was claiming to be God, and, um, and they didn't like it at all. And he says that the miracles prove, or are a proof, that he is doing the works of God, the works of the Father. Okay, let's go back to Mark. Mark chapter 2. 
So this is the story of when some friends have, have um, a friend of theirs is paralysed, he's on a mat, they're trying to get to, to bring him to Jesus, they can't get there, and so they make a hole in, in somebody's roof and lower him down to Jesus. And um, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralysed man, son, your sins are forgiven. <clears throat> now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And so he said to the man, get up, take your mat and go. And the man did. <clears throat> there he is again. Only God has authority to forgive sins. And Jesus says, the son of man, me, <laughs> has the authority to forgive sins. He's claiming that he is God. And then finally, in John 4, 14, rather, verses 6 to 9. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. <coughs> if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and you've seen him. And Philip says, well, show us the Father, and that'll be enough for us. And Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. I think it's very clear that Jesus <laughs> was claiming to be both human and God. <clears throat> and that is why people tried to kill him, tried to stone him. And that was the charge that was brought against him in the end uh, that, that um, led to his crucifixion. He was claiming to be God. We've heard what, you know, what others have said about Jesus. We've heard what Jesus says about himself. Uh, but in the Bible, uh, again in John, Jesus says, you diligently search the scriptures, study the scriptures, because you believe that in them you have um, eternal life. These are the scriptures that talk about me, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. We can fill our heads with lots of knowledge about God, um, with lots of knowledge about Jesus. We can go home, we can learn all these verses, we can recite them to people, we can think we're great, but actually we do have to do something about what we hear and so my question here is what who do you say jesus is now what does the church say or what does the minister say or what do the leaders say or what's who do you say jesus is because we need to do something about uh what jesus uh claims and um now, do you believe he's god do you believe he is our savior we were singing earlier um that verse what's it my sin 
Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin not in part but the whole is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Why? Because Jesus died to take that away from us. So, is he your saviour? And, uh, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Even if you've been Christian for a long time, there's always more to a deeper relationship. For more information about Hardwick Evangelical Church, please click the website link in our bio.